This is Jimmy and Annette, and we are coming to you from the heart, the very center, the bullseye of the Texas Hill Country. I'm just trying to say it different every right. time. You know right. what? We're that's just going to roll. We're going to roll with it. Yeah. Bullseye of the Texas Hill Country. Bullseye. I've ne- that's a new one. I know. I just made that up on the fly. I on mean, the fly. spontaneous. You're good at that. <laughs> wow. Spontaneous. I'm on fire. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, welcome to our podcast. This is Jimmy and Annette Pruitt, and we are pastors at the Bridge Church in Fredericksburg, Texas, and you can find us at bridgefbg.com in terms of ministry and whatnot. But as far as our life and our podcast, you can find all things about our podcast. You can uh, make comments, you can subscribe, you can listen to all of our episodes at livingupinadownworld.com. I told Annette, I'm going to work on my Texas That sounded like a Boston. I know. I know. I was thinking of Lee Strobel. He has that cool. Oh, no. Then that Chicago. No, no. Well, Chicago, Baston, you know, they're kind of all in the same thing there. I I know, but you know what? What? You're Texan. No, well, I am, but I'm pretending not to be today. I thought I would work on my accent. Okay. Or I'm going to de-accent. And so, as I told you before the show started, my goal is to not sound as West Texan as I am. I don't know why, just for fun. I don't think I can do that. No, no, don't even try. No, when I was a school teacher in Southern California, I was made fun of behind my back. (laughs) Because of my Texas accent. Was it hurtful? It was very hurtful when I found out years later. They're all children, though. They were just kids. I know. And now they're adults who have kids. I know. It's crazy. Crazy. Wow. The aging process. So Annette and I have been married for 30 years of wow. And oh, it's been 30 years of bliss, 30 years of heaven on earth. Oh my gosh, please. Do you know where liars go? (laughs) Whoa, wow. (laughs) I'm just kidding. They don't. Ouch. Okay. That deserves some fun. Wow. That was a good one, Annette. Wow. Oh my gosh. Nailed it. So we we wanted to introduce some just some things about our life about our family. We have an amazing family, we really do. We're so blessed. We are married again. We we went through a divorce. I was ten years into a marriage that uh, did not make it. Annette, you were thirteen, almost fourteen years into your marriage, it didn't make it. And then God providentially brought us together, and that's when we started our thirty years. A while we've been married thirty years, and uh, we've divide we've uh, what's the word defied. The odds, the statistics, because actually the statistics say if you've been divorced, you have a very high likelihood. I don't know what the stats are, but I remember being told this as we were getting married. You know, that you do know, Jimmy, there's a very high likelihood that you'll get divorced again. I'm like, oh, thanks for the encouragement. That <laughs> yeah, really right. helps. That helps as we're starting our new life together. And we've really defied the odds on a lot of levels, have we not? We sure have. Yeah. So we want to introduce our family. So I'm going to let you go first, and we're going to start with Alicia since she's our oldest. Yes, Alicia is 45 years old. She lives what? in. Wait, we have a daughter that's 45. I know it doesn't make sense. Us? Like 90. I was like five when I had her. Ouch. Uh, well, actually, um, <laughs> no. Anyway, she's add, 45. Add 10 to that. Yeah, she lives in Nashville, Tennessee. She used to be in the ministry with us, but now she's in. Um, Finance and I have to talk about well. it for a moment. Okay, what are you going to say? So when when Alicia came into my life, um, she had a little bit of a rebel streak going on. Yeah, just a little bit. 
you know, stuff like taking our car at night when we didn't Without know it, going yeah. riding and whatnot, wondering why we kept running out of gas all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we were kind of dumb. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I was clueless. I'd never had children before. I was a youth pastor and had been for, gosh, at that time, maybe 14, 13, 14 years-ish. Anyway, I'd been a youth pastor for a long time, and then all of a sudden, I've got kids in my house. I'm like, oh, this will be easy. You know, I know how to do this because I'm a youth pastor. Right. So, but you were, an all, you were always an advocate for the child so or the student. Totally an advocate. Until you kids. became a parent. I thought parents were dumb. I thought, you know what? Well, they don't know anything. These poor kids and what they're going through. And what I didn't, what I didn't know is how manipulated I was at the time. And so yes. I learned the hard way that, um, well, uh, it's not always easy as it looks. So when I had kids in my world and in my life, it was like, okay, here we go. And uh, she tested the limits. Alicia, if you're listening to this, I love you very much. <laughs> so what happened was uh, we went through some things, some hard things. Uh, no need to talk about it in detail, TMI. But something happened between Alicia and I, and we began to grow very close. Mm-hmm. And God um, gave me a deep, deep love for her, even in the middle of her really rebellious stage. Partly because she reminded me of me, <laughs> not too long before that, just a few years before that, because I was that kid too, and I wasn't rebellious because I was um, angry about anything. I was rebellious more, and I was just fun loving. I wanted to play. I wanted to have fun, and so because I didn't have any you trauma, haven't changed. I know. You still want to have true. fun. I'm still that kid. Isn't there a sometimes. song, Cindy Lauper or something? That no, it? that's no. a girl song. Oh, sorry. Girls just want to have oh, fun. Oh, girls just want to have fun. I'm sorry. Fun. That's how she says it. <laughs> yeah. Girls just want to have fun. fun. But no, it's a boy thing. Mine's more the speeds of the Beastie Boys or oh, something okay. like that. You know, we're just right. we're having a good time. Well, back to Alicia. Oh, yeah, back to Alicia. And, I and remember when we read her diary one time and it said, oh. I hate my parents. Yeah, that was That was, that was encouraging. Yeah, I was edified <laughs> after that. <laughs> Well, what it did, though, for us, and for you who are listening, first of all, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. We just wanted to tell you a little bit about ourselves and a little bit about our journey, and then we have a topic we want to jump into, but we want to introduce our family. So what happened was I just, God gave me a very supernatural love for Alicia. And now you're pretty much her hero. She absolutely Well, and I love her. I mean, we we grew very close. She changed her last name after her marriage when when she went through a divorce to prove it because she wanted... To recognize you, yeah, that was as her massive. father. That was really impressive. That was huge, and and it it did something in my own heart. I already love this girl to the moon and back, mm-hmm. and I've always had a heart for her. I've always been her, her big cheerleader and fan. And uh, we got to do some ministry together. She mm-hmm. went to Mexico with me on this mission trip down on, in the Baja Peninsula, down to this little village where there was a children's home, and we spent time doing that. Then we did a lot of personal ministry together for other people. Mm-hmm. We went through a season there. So we've we've had a lot of amazing, amazing experiences together. So that's Alicia. She's now married to Mark. And Mark, if you get a chance to listen to this, we love you, and we're so happy that you guys are together. And how long have they been married? A total a year of and a half. A year and a half. Yep. So yeah, man, they're burning it up. And they're doing great. We're so proud of them. They live in the Nashville area, Spring Hill, Tennessee, our old stomping grounds. And uh, we're just so proud of them and love them. And we we just we want to introduce. So yeah. our, our next child, our middle child. Chris. Now, I have child. to say something about Chris. Well, not a child. they're still children to us. To us. I have a 43-year-old son, again, from my first marriage. And uh, he called me last week, and he said, Mom, 
um, I heard that Faith had a kidney stone and had to have surgery and all this was that. was a bad mom moment. I almost fell over. How did he find out? Because he was listening to our podcast. Oh. I didn't call Ouch. him. So Ouch. I felt really, really bad. And uh, I sulked for a couple of days and then tried to get over it. But I was really, I felt bad um, because I had talked to Alicia briefly because Alicia's not feeling well. And Chris is a pastor too. And I understand how difficult it is to be able to talk to everyone you want to because, you know, our lives are crazy. And so, yeah, I've I've learned my lesson. So now I'm going to, Chris, I'm going to make a point to call you at least once a week. Whether you can answer or not or talk, I'm still going to call you. So I remember I after bad. that phone call, you you did feel bad. I you told me something terrible about this. He found out about something about our lives not through a phone call or through personal, a podcast. Through a podcast, uh, I know. Yeah. So live and learn, right? Yes, that's what we do. That's we live why up we and live up in a down. <laughs> no, for real, for real. So he's a pastor in Houston. Yeah, and it's my turn to talk about. Okay, Chris you can talk about I, again. Chris another, again yeah. He's one of my heroes. Yeah. I love Chris. I'm so proud of him, Chris. Uh, surrendered to full-time ministry. He's gone to school. In fact, he's getting his master's degree right now, mm-hmm. working through that, even while he's pastoring. And he pastors in the Houston area, a great church called City Life Church. He and his wife, Casey, amazing couple. They've amazing. been together since they were in elementary oh, since school. since they were like in the crib, like in the cradle. <laughs> they were holding hands. Oh, you're so I mean, literally, they've been together most of their whole life. Mm-hmm. But what's been really cool is to watch them blossom in ministry together. Yes. Not only as parents, because they're amazing parents, too. But to watch them blossom as as ministers yes. together, yes. Casey, she's going to school too. Yeah, oh yeah, she's getting, getting her, her master's, master's as well. And Casey, in her own right, I mean, amazing singer. Now she's writing songs, and I mean, I'm just and the songs that are coming out of that church. I know are so amazing, freaking very amazing. Moving yes, I said and, it. Freaking, they're yeah. freaking amazing, <laughs> and I can say that because I'm proud of them. Mm-hmm. And and two, I had the privilege for at least a few years of getting to play music with them. Right. So Chris was my drummer when I was a youth pastor in California, mm-hmm. and then later years when I was a senior pastor in Abilene, Texas, uh, Chris was on the worship team and Casey, and they led our worship and team. And he played the guitar because you a- taught him how. Well, he kind of taught himself. Well, you started he, it. Yeah, but he's just, man, he took off running with that. So... So they were leading worship at our church in Abilene, and I was like, could I play guitar for y'all? Could I play? So everything flipped. So now I'm playing guitar for him. And that just that's those are special memories to me of us Mm -hmm. having those amazing worship nights Mm -hmm. there and powerful encounter nights with God. And oh, they were also part of our church plant. In Brownwood. In Brownwood, Texas, where they were on the ground floor, and we got to see God move in crazy, amazing Mm -hmm. ways. So we're super proud of them. And then our third child. Hey. Surprise. <laughs> well, it was an adoption. It was an adoption. And what so we be- talked about it. We told that story already, yes, but yes. she's 22 years old. By the way, those of you that prayed for her and uh, this kidney stone, I mean, 22 years old and having a kidney stone, what's up with and, that? And we believe it was there. She's, she was experiencing yeah, pain for, months for six months. months. Yeah. So we think that yeah. it's been. 
we think it could be our fault because we raised her on banquet chicken nuggets and stuff like that. I mean, we didn't feed her I know, her and now well she won't eat anything good. Except that stuff. So maybe that's our no. fault to a degree, but we'll, we'll, we'll own that the best we can. But anyway, we're so proud of her. She works on our staff, and she does all things digital, and she's amazing. Oh, on the, on the kidney thing, thank you for praying, because not only were they able to go in there and I don't know how they do it, they sonic blast it. But then they put a stent in. That was actually worse than yeah. having the kidney stone exactly. itself. Exactly. Her recovery was harder because oh, they had to leave awful. it in one week to let those particles pass. And uh, once they did, and, and I mean, like the day before we got the stent out, I spent four hours with her in the ER. Yeah, she had to week. go to the ER twice. It was awful. That week. However, as soon as they got the stent out last Monday. Oh, my gosh. She's uh, like a new she person. She almost snapped back immediately. It was yeah. like just needed that foreign object out of her body. Right. So she's doing great. So thank you for praying. Yes. We're, we're so thankful. But we want to introduce our kids to you because, first of all, we are so proud of each one mm-hmm. of them. They have... They are amazing young adults. And they uh, brought it. They gave us grandchildren. Six. That's true. Six. Six. Can you imagine? And another maybe on, one yeah. on the way or in the. We're ones in the, in the oven. You say in the oven if you're yeah Almost. somewhere like that. Is it oven or incubator? I don't I mean, even how does know. That work? I okay. have no idea. So we may have another one on the way. We're getting super excited. And here's the craziest thing. We could be great grandparents at any time. We're too young, Caitlin. Yeah. If you ever listen to this podcast, we're ready. Let's get this get this going. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we'll be great grandparents, which is mind bending because is. I still play lead guitar in a band and all. I mean, I'm like, well, what? You, you still act young. like a child, I so you I can't, feel seventeen. You know. <laughs> except for this weekend when you had me clean out the garage. I, I did not feel seventeen after that. <laughs> I felt seventy seven. But you know what? We accomplished. Yeah, I something know. huge, a great. huge beach. Oh, our garage looks like looks like we've moved away. There's nothing there. <laughs> yes, you Except said for two cars and a leaf. The other day or two. you said it looks like we're moving. I know. There's nothing in here. I said that was the point. <laughs> Every time I go to Adam and Tina's house, oh my gosh. Oh, oh you know. She should not drive me into her driveway. I'm not sure if this is an Adam she thing. She ruined me. Is it Adam or Tina who I keeps I don't know. That we'll so have clean. to ask. Oh my probably gosh. Both of them. You can eat off the floor in their garage. I know. You really can. It's mind-bending. I know. And, and it, Adam, thanks, because you, you put me through um, oh my gosh. double toothpicks over this deal <laughs> because Annette was like, we've got to clean our garage. I'm like, because the Currys have a clean garage? Are you kidding me? Really? Oh, I'm embarrassed when people come through here. I'm like, it's a garage. But everybody comes through the garage. Hardly anybody it's comes true. to the front door because you open up the garage door. Well, now and they tell can get on the ground and scoot across <laughs> on their butt if they no, want. No, I'd like to have it painted. So clean. I think it'd be what? nice to have it painted. Okay, and... we'll have this. This is an offline conversation. <laughs> right. We're done. I'm done. That was spring cleaning, and literally on Sunday when I got up to preach, I was so sore. No. I felt like, and you didn't feel bad at all because your no. garage was clean. So, yes. and I'm in pain. And anyway, I'm going to keep quit whining. Okay. All right. Onward. <laughs> So we've had a, again, gosh, we've been on this really amazing journey. Uh, we won't, you don't have to go into detail, but Annette, you made some decisions about uh, a little over a week ago about just saying, you know what, I'm ready to clean up some things. Well, I'm kind of in a purging mood, which yeah. is why we purged everything out of the garage, Boy, got rid of things that I kept saying. Bored. Get rid of that someday, and we've moved ten times, and it's, it's like, still Jesus, with us. Take this refrigerator. I know. Jesus, <laughs> take this. Take the wheel and everything else. Okay. Well, sorry. So anyway, I've been on this purging. I've went through all my clothes. Decided I kind of wanted to 
become a minimalist. Isn't there a TV show that we watched on Netflix? Yeah, it's a documentary called The Minimalist. Yes. And that, I love those guys. Yeah. Josh, I can't remember their names. Well, and then, Very uh, cool, though. Marie, what's her name? Marie Conda. Marie Conda. That She's the sp- one who talks to objects as she's throwing them away. Right. Thank you for blessing me. Oh, now, me I don't go presence. that far. Yeah, That's weird. Even. But anyway, like, throw that people thing can do it, but I, I went through a couple of years ago where I just decided to do a Marie Kondo mm-hmm. moment and get rid of clothes and I've kind of continued to do that. And if I buy, if I get rid of something, I, you know, that's great. But if I buy something, I really need to get rid of, rid of something. Right. But I just decided to do that with all areas of my life. God had been dealing me, with me for over a year about purging things that aren't important. Yeah. Um, for instance, just some TV shows that we love to watch that, you know, they're great to veg with. So it dawned on us one day that we were being entertained by the stuff that, that hurts God's heart yeah. about people. I mean, yeah. like police shows, investigative shows. Yeah. And it dawned on us, like, we're watching this for entertainment, and yet yeah. it's the decimation felt, of people's lives. Right. And, yeah, and, we got, I wouldn't say convicted. We just made a decision, yeah. a good decision. Well, I came home from the conference and just I, I knew that if I didn't say so, first off, I said. Oh, can I tell them how this rolled out? Well, wait, I had to tell Tina first before right. I could tell you but I'm just because saying, I needed that accountability. You scared me. I know. You come home and you're like, I need we to need talk to talk to you. you. I need to talk to you. And usually, just so you know, any of you that are married, when your wife says in a serious tone, I need to talk to you, 99.9% of the time, that's not a good thing. It means you're in trouble. It means, what did I do? Because immediately I'm racking well, my brain. I saw the going, look on your face. I know, and I'm going, wait, I've I, been a good boy. And you I, know what? I've been great. I even told I like, Tina oh. that I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to, if you said, you know, turn the TV on, I was just going to say No. Or, you know, well, let's watch this. Or, and then I would have fell over backwards in it. I know. I, and that's out. what I decided. You might have a heart. I know. I am. I know. No, it's not a bad thing. It's I just a nostalgic with thing with your dad. And I it's, love a, it's a weird TV. connection you've yes. got with your daddy. And uh, I can take it or leave it. In fact, when you're gone, I don't watch it. I, I know. Mean, I just don't. I'm, so when I sat you down, yeah, you were scared. Scared the bejeebies out of me. It's kind of fun to watch you, you squirm. Walking, <laughs> I'm, and I'm like, I, have men, men. Boys, men, <laughs> have you ever felt guilty and yet you knew Didn't you do. had not done anything? That's how I felt. I was like, what did I do? I mean, but I'm I, racking my but brain. But I said, calm down. This Something isn't about you. years ago? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I actually told you, this is about me. Yeah. And then you're still thinking, okay, well, if it's about you, what, still, what did I do to you? Yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of that. It's not you, it's me. Well, right. That's still not a good thing, the way to lead a no, conversation. But I, but I got it out there and just told you I felt like yeah. if we were going to... You know what I loved? Last year, we were out in our pool and we were, we were just... Because we were out there a lot yeah. in the evening and, and during the daytime, we talked the yes, whole time. it was beautiful. I felt like we talked more mm-hmm. while we were outside than we ever do when we're on the inside because we're usually watching tv or built a pool thinking this is going to be about therapy about exercise about kind of a getaway marriage counseling we love water we're we're both water babies grew up water babies and it turned out the best benefit was we talk because the tv's not on Mm -hmm. our phones are in the house yes our we screen, can't, there's no we can't screens. Do any screens. We put on some worship music, some mm-hmm. really jamming, good contemporary worship, and I, that's why I'm so excited about summer. I'm already pumped about summer. Me too. About us getting in the pool. Right now, it's 68 degrees in the it's water. Too cold, but we do have a hot tub. We do, which we can enjoy. But yeah. I, I kept 
just going back and, remi- and reminding myself about how much we spent, how much time we spent on all, you know, on just talking and reminiscing and dreaming and visioning. And I thought, I, we could do this all the time if I would just give up the one thing, and that's TV. Not all TV, because not all TV is bad. Right, I mean, right. we, we, like- we watched Jesus Music last night. Yeah, you know, that was which awesome is a documentary. Amazing documentary. We watched movies. There's, I just... I just What's don't want anything on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, they, and there's nothing wrong with that. that. Yeah. I just don't want to get into these dramas that I've been into, and you get into it's their lives, and it's stupid. Version. It's almost like soap operas used to be. Yeah, you know, it's at night. Well, as a young person, I was addicted to soap operas, and all I did was, I was only exchange it from one. morning to night. I was addicted to one. for All a my season. children, yeah, I know, because it came on at noon. It was, my, came. it was during my lunch hour. She's still probably on there. I don't think she's ever going to die. Remember Tad? Yes. Anyway, okay, we digress. Okay, <laughs> so anyway, I'm no longer addicted. I came home and made that decision, and it's been a week. A week today, I feel so free. I can't even tell had, you. I would say the best week. Yes. Of just. We've got all this time, so what have we been doing? We've been reading. We've been getting in the Word. We went and worked out. We've been watching sermons from one of our pa- favorite pastors, Pastor Robert Morris of Gateway Church in mm-hmm. Southlake, which we are connected to. Our mm-hmm. church is, is a Gateway Network church. And so, and and it's been amazing. I mean, really, really amazing. It feels like weight's been lifted. Yeah. You know, I started thinking about these shows we were watching, and and, you know, how we'll get mad at something that happened. We're like, we can't believe he did that. And then in my mind, I'm going, the writers wrote that. He really didn't do that. I'm thinking, fake. what is wrong with us? I know. We Not caught that it's up all in bad, somebody else's drama. I just feel like I'm in a season where the Lord says, just put it all aside. Spend time with your husband. Tell them how much I resisted when you shared this. <laughs> I think you almost fainted. I almost cheered. I was like, <laughs> yes. It, it has been wonderful. Yeah, it is and not that I didn't enjoy those shows too, but because it's just, it's time with you. It's yeah. what you love to do, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. But inside, there have been many times where I thought, gosh, I'd rather be, have the TV off, maybe well, have some music going. And what I love about it too is, you know, you started on. a series on heaven. And yeah. so now we're really talking about it together even mm-hmm. more as you're, you know, finalizing, you know, your sermons. And oh, I, I bounce I like, stuff off you all the time. Yeah, but it, I feel like... I don't know. It's even it's bonded us even more. Yeah, it's almost like a, you use the word purge, mm-hmm. which it's is a word of kind of a purification type of word. Where I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you, but sometimes our life just gets cluttered, and it's not intentional. You know, and you're not doing anything necessarily wrong. It's just clutter begins to build up, mm-hmm. and so just as we did the garage, and you were like, "Gosh, it feels so good." I'm over there crying. I'm trying to think of what else we can and, purge. I mean, everything's hurting on my body, and you're like, "This feels so good." And I'm like, "Hey, it'll feel I moved, good in about five days." For I you. moved a whole bunch of <laughs> paint I'm, cans I know, and I know. furniture. I'm just being a whiner. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that it did feel good. It felt good to declutter. Mm-hmm. You know, less is more kind of thing is what something Andy Stanley's used for years. Less is more, and uh, it felt good to clear out the clutter, not only in the garage, but we cleared out the clutter in our evenings. So now our evenings are free. They're free not only to to enjoy each other and enjoy time. We've been sitting at the dining room table doing supper what? together. I know. I forgot we even had one I know. Those. Me too. We always sat at the bar. So I, I asked I, Tina, I said, Tina, where do y'all sit to eat? She goes, well, we usually sit at the table. Every now and then we'll sit at the bar. I'm like, really? 
Yeah, we Let sit me see if we bar. still have a table. Half the time, you don't sit down when we eat. No, we'll I'll stand, stand up. up. So You we, know why? why? Typically, well, because I've been sitting all day. I wondered why. why? Kind of probably watching TV if it's a weekend. I'm like, no. So now I want to sit and enjoy a nice, so slow now, day. Yeah, we slow down. Because I don't have to wait for a, phone, uh, a TV show We light show some to come candles, on. and then this happens. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go again. <laughs> I'm sorry. New toys. Uh, candles. We need to cool buy more candles. I, I agree. And flowers. But you know. But we bought back time. That's what happened. Flowers. We, I feel like we shouldn't gained. have said that. Adam <laughs> bought Tina oh, flowers. Oh, here we go. Adam, you're I know. killing me. He, you need to you know take what? it back a notch. She gets back from a four-day trip to flowers and dinner made. And the and first thing she says to him is, you didn't take a shower. I know. So, I mean, I know. On, that's a hilarious story. She messed story. up there. She didn't. Yeah. <laughs> she, I think she repented fumble, to him. Fumble, fumble. <laughs> <laughs> but the flowers. Now, okay, Adam, please talk to Adam, Jimmy. That's bro, bro, you're yeah. killing me. I used to tell him not to buy me flowers because I didn't want to spend the money. But now, I the thought of but it. But I serenade you with my... How many guitars hanging in this room? Too One, many. two, three, four, five. Six, you need to purge. Seven guitar. Wait, six, seven, eight guitars in this room, and I serenade you all the and time. And how many do you Adam have in a closet? Play an instrument. How many do you? He's have interviewed in a metal bands all over the world. You're not an answering my question. What, was you, what were you saying? How many are in the closet? Um, they're going to stay in the closet. I don't know. Couple, <laughs> couple, three. Please let them out of the closet. Couple of five. Them. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not talk about me purging. You oh, purged. Yeah. It was oh, amazing. It's okay so, for so me. It was really good. No, really though. Okay, let's get serious. I'm being. <laughs> it's because I just drank a spark and it's got. I me just finished singing. a spark. Yeah. Um, I'm bouncing off the walls because <laughs> uh, I was like wanting to take a nap thirty minutes ago. Well, now you I'm did like fall pinging. asleep for a little know, bit like in the a chair. Old yeah. man. <laughs> well, you so are slobbering and drooling on myself. Honey, you just sure. turned sixty-one. Ah, you're, you're older than I am. It's just a number. <laughs> So, anywho, um, we were talking about purging the power of decluttering, yes. and I love that idea of every once in a while, you just have to stop and evaluate, take a step back, and really observe your life as objectively as possible and say, is this stuff I need? Do I need all these guitars? Absolutely. <laughs> but other than that, you know, we, we, we look at things and we, and we say, okay, is this is this really needful? And I love Maria Conda's thing. Is does it this, bringing you joy? Yeah, does bring me joy. That's that's the whole. You know, my whole point of doing yeah. this. I'm. If it's not bringing me joy, it's out the door. And throughout the day, I was asking you, is that bringing you joy? Right. As, as we loaded all that stuff into our SUV, oh, yes. we treated our, our SUVs like a pickup. I know. I mean, we piled stuff. In. It's got a full load of stuff in it now because I filled up a dumpster. I know. And I people, if they dumpster. Boy, they're going to get oh, some good gonna stuff. Cash oil. Yeah, they're going to. Oh. Yeah, they're going. Oh my gosh, we should have taken jackpot. some to Goodwill, but we were just trying to get it get rid yeah, of most it. of it. I, most of it's just stuff I wouldn't even give away. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff that I don't it's like clutter. to take things to Goodwill unless they're in really good shape yeah. and I can honor yeah. and bless someone, not just give them our leftover stuff that's torn or whatever. Yeah. I just can't do that. Somebody's asking me what my fee is for a wedding. I just got a note there. I oh. say one million dollars. <laughs> That should You're do so it, funny. you know, inflation and all. You just got it that it was just Abram. now? Abram. Oh, oh. So I'm doing a wedding on, on Saturday. Yeah, a I'm doing a double header. I've never done this before. I'm doing a funeral at 11 a.m. Then I'm doing a wedding, wedding at, at 4, 4 wow. p.m. I mean, that's going to wow. be a day. That'll be a day for the books. It's a yeah. first. I've never pulled a this double header. This is your header. third funeral in four weeks. I know. I, I know. can't believe it. Well, and what's been interesting is I started a series on heaven 
And then all of a sudden, I'm wow. at the bedside, I'm visiting, I'm praying over people who are who are passing. And uh, it's been a really wild experience. So we're, we're moving from decluttering into kind of our topic. We won't spend long on this today, but I want to encourage you... Um, Here's what I'm learning, okay? Let me just give you some learnings from three funerals in, what, five weeks, give or take, six weeks? I thought it was four weeks. Yeah, maybe four weeks. Anyway, I'm losing count, to be honest. I know. But here's, uh, there's some takeaways that I'm, that I'm walking away from this. For one, I'm beginning to realize that the veil between life on earth and life in heaven in the next chapter is very thin. Upper story, lower story. I love that. And the the veil is much thinner than mm-hmm. I thought. You know, we we've used these. I use this phrase a lot. Life is fragile mm-hmm. because being a pastor for thirty eight plus years, I you never know. And and I'm not trying to freak anybody out. Just honestly, you really don't know. We don't. When I was closing the message yesterday, I, I was talking about heaven, and I I made this comment. I said, I may never. What if this is my last sermon. message to ever preach? My last sermon. And everybody settled in with that. Well, yeah, that'd be sad. And then I said, but what if this was the last sermon you ever heard mm. and you haven't stepped over the line? God. You haven't gone all in with Jesus. You haven't accepted his free gift of salvation. You know, free. We're not Christ. guaranteed the next breath. Not guaranteed the next breath. My mother passed away at 45 years of age. Right. I mean, who's, none of us saw that coming. Elizabeth was, Pete. Yeah, I had, another friend of I ours. I met with her the day before she passed away. She's in, years of and You age. said she was in the shower in the afternoon. It was actually like 11 o'clock at night. Oh, was night. it? Oh, Yeah, right. it, was, oh. it was in the evening. Gotcha. And she has a, I think they said it was an aneurysm while she's in the shower. 44 years of age. She stepped in the shower, and when she came out of the shower, she was in another world. She was in the next right. chapter of her life. Right. She was in heaven. She and loved her the Lord, very godly. Daughter, young, uh, young daughter, eighth, eighth founder. Grade founder uh, heartbreaking. But it's but it, it's that reminder. And so as I've been doing this series on heaven, and by the way, it's called Heaven in the Real World because it's not just like, you know, we're gonna cross over the river and go into Beulah Land and get our harp and our and our halos, you know, and our wings. No, it's about it's really about what's on the other side. What? And so I did some reading and some studying from an author named John Burke. Fascinating. And so I started reading his book called Imagine Heaven. He studied over a thousand near-death experiences. And he, he only would, would, he would try to um, corroborate details things that people couldn't know otherwise. Mm-hmm. So he, he ended up with about a, studying a 1,000 of those over 35 years. He's a pastor in Austin, Texas. And then he took about a 100 of those and put those into kind of a detailed story. Mm-hmm. And so I've been reading through those accounts, and, and there's a lot of commonalities. And what it has done for me, it is literally, and Annette will tell you this, this is changing my life. This is It's shifting my perspective to where now... I'm not afraid. And by the way, culturally speaking, one of the greatest things that people fear the most, it's the fear of dying, Mm -hmm. the fear of death. That's why we do everything to try to push it off and put it off. And we try to distract ourselves with the stuff of life so that we don't have to think about dying. It's true. Interesting. I've had a lot of conversations. People will say things like, like this. I'm not afraid of what's coming after death. I'm afraid of death itself. Right. We're afraid of the pain the of pain, death. Or if I get a cancer or if I have a mm-hmm. heart attack. I mean, I'm driving and I have a, 
an aneurysm or whatever. There's a lot of fear surrounding that. But here's a commonality. I won't go long. Just want want to encourage everyone because this has encouraged me because I'm the same way. I'm like everybody else. Who wants to think about? You know, one day you're just, it's over and and you go out with pain or you're in an accident. But here's the thing. Everyone who has had one of these NDEs, a near death experience, uh, high degree of commonality here is that they come back and they say things like there was no pain. There's an account of a doctor. She she was a spinal doctor, a surgeon, and she's from America, but she was down in Chile, and they were doing kayaking on this wild river in this beautiful area. Her, her she was in her kayak, strapped in. Her kayak went off a small waterfall, and it it went nose down, and it stuck in the rocks oh underwater. And she began to struggle and fight. Freak me out because I can't handle. Water. Well, yeah, you're claustrophobic, so, so that's like yes. ah, the worst kind of death, a drowning death. And people have there's a lot of people have a very real fear of drowning, right. and which she said she actually did have have that. Yeah, I can't even go kayaking because I'm I have right. a fear of that. Right. So she gets stuck. So her her the nose of her kayak is wedged between rocks, and she's fighting to get out and she realizes in the middle of of this initial struggle that she feels fine i mean she's like no fear she's she even uses the words i was not air hungry powerful word can't even because you think you'd go into the fight or flight syndrome you start struggling now she said i was trying to get out but i didn't feel are you are you tied in you're strapped see i've never yeah she was strapped in so she's trying to get out she was under the water for 14 minutes. At one point during that struggle, uh, she said, I felt no air hunger. I felt no fear. She said, in fact, I felt fully alive. And she said, I felt arms wrap around me. I knew they were arms of Jesus Christ. Wow. And wow. I knew it was Christ. It's like I knew it without having to know it. I knew it. Wow. And she said that that she, uh, she f- found herself lifting out of the water in the arms of Christ and then as she was looking down on the waters, and that's another commonality is just floating out of your body, these out-of-body right. experiences. Right. She was looking at the body. All of her friends were on the shore, and her body pops up in the kayak. They get her, and they're, they're working on her on the shore, and they're, they're crying out to her. And she turns. And also, one other piece of this, not only did she come out of the water with Christ, she saw the great cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. waiting for her, and they were cheering like she's fi- – like stepping over the cross, crossing over a finish line. Yeah, they're cheering for, her and she feels welcomed and loved, and they're like, "Welcome home, welcome home." And she's like, "This is the most amazing feeling ever, ever." And it's like her senses were heightened. Why would you 100. even want to go back to the earth when you feel this she way? Really didn't. But here's what happened, at least in her account, because there's different accounts. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of commonalities. She looks back and she sees her friends weeping over her body and begging her to breathe. Uh. So she, she looks back at the crowd in Christ, and she says, I'll be back. And she said, out of compassion, she, she was allowed wow. to go back. She said, I laid down where my body was, and I took a breath. Wow. She had been out. She'd been underwater for 14 minutes, out for another 16, 30 minutes total. That's she was completely out. 
and no brain damage, no physical issues. She was completely healthy and resumed her practice, but with a very changed perspective. She'll never fear death again. And I love that. That so encouraged me because like everyone else... Is that in the book? It is. Okay. It's in the book. Imagine fact, it, Heaven. Imagine Heaven devotional. There's two books. There's a book, full-on book. This is a devotional where he takes he those... He said he got a lot of flack is when he very first started... Yeah, when he first started investigating, investigating these people were like, well, that's, about it. you know, the Christians were actually going, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. I know. Like, I, felt, I feel why not, bad you know? for people that are really trying to yeah. do some good and exactly. get some information. Well, for me, I mean, I already have this great hope. I already know where I'm going. I know that I know. I know in my knower. But it really encouraged and inspired me of not to fear, not to fear the process of getting to the other side, what we would call a transition or passing over or step or a new chapter of life. Cause we never die. We never, we, no. our bodies expire, but our soul, our spirit lives on. Well, so many people think it's just going to get black and that's it. Oh man. That's just, I can't even imagine thinking that way. Yeah. I mean, that's called fatalism where, mm-hmm. where you literally, you, you don't see that anything could ever get any better. Right. And so, I mean, how would you live if, that, if that's all you knew? First of all, you would fear death terribly. But as believers and followers of Jesus, we don't have to be afraid. Right. There's amazing throughout the Bible, over 700 references to heaven, 87 just in the book of Matthew, references to heaven, wow. and the glory that we'll be met with. The, one of the commonalities, Burke, and I'll finish with this, one of the commonalities that Burke came away from all these studies, thousand, you know, over a thousand cases, is that they all had this, they said once their their body expired, they were, they were clinically dead, that they their senses, like, you know, for example, um, the scripture says that in heaven there will be no sun because there'll be no need for the sun to produce light because God himself and the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is in the book of Revelation, is light themselves. They actually light the kingdom. Wow. And and he said, you know, the difference is, is that in our in our in our current spectrum, the the colors of the sun and the light that the sun produces, our color spectrum is just limited. It has a certain amount, and that's what we see. But these people that had these near-death experiences, they their color spectrum was expanded to the spectrum of God. Wow. So they saw colors and experienced light they had never seen or felt before. Wow. So you can imagine if your if your senses are hyper excited because you're now in a glorified body, a new a new state of being. I know all this sounds really out there, but if you think about it, the Bible addresses these things. And it says in terms Yet of preachers don't preach on heaven much. Yeah, and and you know, there's two things the church doesn't talk about enough, and that's heaven and hell. Right. And that's another thing we're going to address too at our church uh, in the next week. I kind of tiptoed into it a little bit, but we're going to talk about that as well. So here's how I want to land the plane. First okay. of all, if you have a fear of death or dying, I, I want to encourage you to get uh, John Burke's book. It's called Imagine Heaven. There's a devotional version. It's just a hundred of those cases. It's a more to the point. Very good. And then there's the actual book. So it's John Burke, Imagine Heaven. Another documentary and or book, depending on whether you want to watch a documentary or read a book, is by Lee Strobel, and it's called The Case for Heaven. The Case for Heaven. Very well done, very well made, and powerful. 
Yes. All right. We love you. We want to land the plane today. First of all, by saying thank you for the comments. Yes. Thank you for the for those that, that watch us on Castomatic and on um, on the other platforms. Uh, Fountains a great platform, and, and where they they have the feature the value for value feature. Thank you for sending sats and satoshis. That's all Bitcoin language, and it really means a lot to us. It's going to help us continue to produce this and take it to another level. But we appreciate all of you and love you, and we hope that you'll have a great week living up in a down world.